It's Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? It's called Our Lisbon Correspondent. Ever heard of him? If you're a true and loyal listener, <laughs> you will have heard of him because <laughs> he did a guest episode with us last year, episode number 33, Kyler Canastra. And we refer to him probably on every other episode that we air. We talk about yeah. him as our Lisbon correspondent. And we run everything by our Lisbon correspondent. <laughs> he gives us the on-the-ground facts from Lisbon, and it's wonderful. Welcome, Kyler. Thank Welcome. you again for having me. <laughs> yeah. Your Lisbon correspondent, not in Lisbon, but you know, I've, I've been a dedicated listener for a while, and we built also built a friendship through this podcast, which is pretty cool. And I'm excited to share more about today's topic with everybody. We did have an experience. We did. I mean, what better thing to experience together as our generation of Portuguese Americans than a good old fashta? <laughs> <laughs> I personally had not been to a fashta in many years because I moved out of state and they I just don't necessarily make it back on the right weekends to go to the fashta. I would attend if I was around, but you make me look bad because I'm only two hours away and I don't drive down to go to the fashta. <laughs> you just take a whole transatlantic flight to come home every year for this fashta. <laughs> I do. I do. I think I have this weird obsession with fashta. <laughs> for example, in June in Lisbon, we have the whole month of June every day as a fashta. And I went every weekend. Mm. I love my Imba music. I've gone to the Azores for the fashta. I just love a fashta. Um, and I do come home. Yes, every year for this. Um, basically, um, there's a festa in the town of Fairhaven, and that's kind of where my family is, originates from. I was raised there. My parents went to high school there. Grandparents, great-grandparents all lived there. Um, and it's a festa called Our Lady of Angels, um, Nossa Senhora de Sanjus, which started in Aguadapal in San Miguel. And I'm going to let Kelly talk a bit more about that because <laughs> she has direct ties to that village. Um, but essentially, from what I understand, I, may, I don't know if my history is 100% accurate, um, but this was the 93rd year of celebrating it in Fairhaven. Um, and when a lot of Im immigrants um, or immigrants that came to um, Fairhaven um, from San Miguel, um, so including my great-grandparents who weren't from Aguadapal, but they were from the island, they came together and wanted to maintain a little bit of their culture. And it created the Our Ladies of Angels Club or Association. Um, and it's been doing this festa since, yeah, I think 1930s, uh, 93 years. So you guys, the listeners can do the math there. Um, but it's been something that I have attended every Labor Day weekend my entire life. In the Azores, they celebrate on August 15th, which is the day of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary, um, which is a national holiday in Portugal. But we don't have that national holiday here. So we celebrate it on Labor Day to have the long weekend aspect of it. And for me, it's always been like the end of summer is that festa going there. My whole family is involved, aunts, uncles, my parents, um, my sister. We've all been going to that my whole life. I have missed it a couple of times for, you know, life situations like going to college or when I moved actually to Portugal, it was right. And I moved in August. So I was like, I cannot, like, it's not feasible for me to come back. And I was you know, buying an apartment at that time. It was just kind of too much. But I do try to come back because it's a very important tradition for me and for my family and the community. It's an important tradition for you here, and it's also an important tradition for my mom in the Azores. <laughs> like you mentioned, mm -hmm. it's it's the Nosa Snora 
Fashta on August 15th. It was always that day. It's always that day, right? Yeah. If I remember. And um, growing up, that's why I would travel to the Azores every summer was specifically that Fashta. It wasn't my dad's Fashta. <laughs> it was only that one. And you got the little statue. Well, not mm-hmm. little. Good size statue. And it comes out of the Grisha. And it catches mm-hmm. like uh, catches the money. Which I don't know what that what that symbolizes <laughs> grabbing the money, but it's just it's money that everyone from, I guess, the village donates. I'm I assuming it so. goes to the church. Mm-hmm. Goes to the um, church. It maybe could represent prosperity too. I believe. Oh, maybe he knows a little very, bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's very important. I think to put in context that people didn't have money to give, um, whether they were there or even here. Um, yeah, I think so. They just the fact that they could donate money. I think to this and that's a very symbolic way of doing it and this is the first time that i knew about the fashion babe, <laughs> and i had no idea apparently my parents have attended years ago when i was like little i had no idea so you're the one that mentioned it to me and i'm like oh my god that's my mom's village <laughs> i need to bring her this year <laughs> <laughs> and we did so i got to see kyler carry the statue and grab the money so it's, it's so it, explain to me the money thing a little bit more because I don't I don't know the money thing. So there, the statue has money like pinned all over it, but it's people who donate the money. But then people are taking money. What's the what's the deal no with the money? So no one's taking any money. Like so, I think she's got money on her too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's got yeah. some money on her. But they do. Um, I know in Agua she like so her. I sent you like the little mini statue. What it looks like? She's got like her hand that sticks out kind of yeah. in the air so then you like, like a google image that because the hand's up in the air we <laughs> might have to post it <laughs> yeah but um, she can catch rings of money <laughs> she can catch the rings of the money so they have like money set up like i know in agopa they had a couple of stations of money on a ring mm-hmm. like hanging and it's mm-hmm. like a big moment when like the statue grabs the money it's so like wait, a- wait 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 this is like ring toss kind of <laughs> <laughs> We yeah, can explain more, maybe like context wise, there's a big procession, I think, both in Agua de Pau and in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. And it's probably the climax moment of the festa, which is on the yeah. 15th, it's also on Labor Day here. Um, and basically, the it's like a feat because I mean, the statue there, I think, is slightly smaller than the one here. They made an exact replica from a, an artist in Porto, actually, and they sent it to Fairhaven way back in the day. So that was a big deal that they even did that because I mean, these people. Especially in North Fairhaven, where they where they celebrate it, is a very working class neighborhood, and again, full of Portuguese immigrants that didn't have money, but they put somehow put money together to send this over from Portugal. Um, and I think I don't know exactly how much it weighs because people were saying different numbers, but it's between eight hundred pounds and a thousand pounds. So it is a very heavy statue. My shoulder is still sore from carrying it the other day, um, but I think it's like part of it is like trying to put the whole, her hand through the ring top of the thing. Um, <laughs> That's a feat within itself because it requires a lot of coordination. It's very heavy. You don't want to drop the statue. Like that's obviously the biggest fear. I think anyone that is carrying it has is that it's going to fall. So you have to be very, it's coordination. So I think it's part of it. Yeah. I think that's part of it as well. It's kind of like the spectator part. But yeah. I'm not really sure where that tradition stems from. You absolutely do not want that on your conscience. If you were, if you're on your, on your no. conscience, if you were the <laughs> one who drops the statue if you break mm-hmm. Nosa Snoda, that's like oh my god, <laughs> that, that's awful. bad juju. <laughs> well, I don't want to like fast forward, but this year we had some technical difficulties with ours um, because we did get the, the her hand through the the hoop 
but a wire kind of got stuck on her crown and there was the whole controversy like people were kind of freaking out and some portuguese lady started yelling at us being like it's caught it's caught like we're lady we know it's caught like (laughs) please don't add more to the stress but for especially for the portuguese immigrants that come every year like you know that'd be like if she fell it'd be like the end of the world so i mean they're crying when she comes out of the the church it's a very emotional event my mom was like so emotional and then there was like um well like confetti almost mm-hmm. that was yeah. like the moment she gets she does the ring toss and she grabs the money they did like a confetti like a thing like a machine pops out all this like blue and white confetti and like the mm-hmm. second that confetti and we were standing right near it so we heard like the thing go off my mom got like so emotional started crying. <laughs> I, was, like, I get emotional too i have to admit <laughs> But, How um, many men does it take to carry that? Statue? So we had three teams of one, two, of six, of eight. So it was like oh. twenty of us, I would say, are about. Um, but usually, there's like two in the. There's like we basically redesigned the platform in recent years, so there's two poles that go through it, and there's two in the front and two in the back. So I would say like there's like six of us, no eight of us. Well, I can't do math, but eight of us doing it at one time. Yeah. I was so, just going to okay. say, so you're super tall mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's, that's not necessarily a known characteristic of Portuguese mm-hmm. people. Have a so. Team C this year was the tall team. Okay. All right. but <laughs> I have someone that I, a friend of the family who like always hugs me every time he sees me when I'm back. He's like, thank God you're here. Um, but we do have tall people to do that. And I think it's much more coordinated. My dad said when he started doing it, um, it was a mess because basically as a bunch of Portuguese people, like stubborn old Portuguese men, like not walking in line. We have to walk like at this left, right at the same time. So not so it doesn't bounce all the time. And they right. just said they argue the whole time. It was like a, just a complete shit show for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah. we're much better coordinated now. So honestly, like I've had years has been a lot worse. This year wasn't too, too bad. I think because we were in sync. We take breaks. We stop. We have to like rest the statue on poles, which is kind of it's, like scary to see that happen in real life. But we take breaks and we out, people are vocal. I think we're not trying, we're trying to like suffer a little bit. I think it's part of the experience is that you're doing it. It's not like it's enjoyable to carry this big statue. But I think before that, the whole purpose is like, just like if you were going to like do a, a pilgrimage, like the Fatima, stuff like that, and go on your knees, you have to suffer a bit. And I think that back in the day, they're like, we don't want, we want everyone to suffer. <laughs> right. So I think now we're a bit like in the 21st century trying to make sure that people can do it the next year. So. <laughs> yeah right so they, they just start adding weights to the statue exactly. like <laughs> one year they put i wasn't involved in it but one, one year they put real flowers and i think in portugal they still do the real flowers theirs is a bit smaller i will say and they, I think they do but here they put real flowers in it with water to like keep them fresh and they didn't know that and added like so much weight to it and it was just a hot mess so we use fake flowers for that reason too. So I think we're trying to, mod- it's a good modernization there because we want the tradition to keep going. But we don't also want people to die in the way. Right. So, and it was extremely hot this oh past my- weekend. We, ha- we had someone get taken in an ambulance. <laughs> oh, a family no. friend, he didn't make it too far. And he had to go lay down in the cemetery on the route. <laughs> and oh God, he had to stay overnight places. in the hospital. But he's all good. <laughs> he's all good. <laughs> Oh, good, this is good to hear. Hot. It was very, very hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. Like I, mm. when I pulled in and I parked and I found Kyler, he was like walking behind me. He was already like <laughs> down in, like his water bottle was already gone. I was like, oh, oh my I drank God. a lot of water in the morning. <laughs> I did not have to go to the bathroom once. So yeah, it was, it hot. was so hot. 
Oh my gosh. So I love that we got into all the statue stuff. That's awesome. Cause that's like the right main away. focal <laughs> focal point of the, the Vashta. Yeah. Of the Vashta, yeah. We were excited that you were going to be local to us, that you were our Lisbon correspondent was in the States. So we were going to go and try to meet up with you at this Vashta. We did that. Uh, Kelly went a couple of days. <laughs> she got to go. She got to go Sunday and Monday. <laughs> she brought her mom back on Monday. But on Sunday, I attended as well. And we were just this was the first time we had attended this Vashta and we were just making observations. I had not been to a Vashta in a long time. This could not be necessarily limited to this Vashta. This could be kind of more of a widespread situation, but it felt a little bit like it had lost some of its cultural mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, my, I think my first observation, I looked at Kelly, I said, this feels very Americana. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't wrong in that assessment either. I think one, yeah, I think firstly, I would never recommend going on the Sunday that we went <laughs> because everyone's hung over from the day before. And it's kind of the low moment. We did see some interesting things, but I do feel like it has lost some of its essence, um, especially now that I'm living in Portugal. I've gone to festivals in Lisbon. I've gone to other ones in, in continental Portugal, but also I've gone to the, this festa two or three times already in São Miguel. Um, and I definitely feel like when I first went to the one in São Miguel, it was super exciting because it was so similar to what we always did in the US. I mean, just from the games into the food into the the whole meaning of the celebration, it felt like, wow, I'm actually like seeing the real one here. And I felt so connected to that. But I do feel like maybe in recent years, it's changed slightly, I think, because of the demographics, but also because it just, I think that kind of happens a lot with immigrant cultures in the US, it kind of fades out. And I think it's also important to recognize too, that like this was started by you know, people who are working in this festa now, it's like their grandparents or their great grandparents. So it is like a very big generational difference, I think, in terms of, you know, how long it's been going on. And I do kind of fear that, you know, it might lose some of that essence over time. And it's kind of up to my generation now to keep it going. So that's probably my, one reason why I come back as well. Yeah. And so a couple things, we'll kind of like run through some of our observations, yeah. just talk, talk through some of the stuff from the fashta, but there's something to be said about modernizing things. So like you talked about with the statue or even just like technology, technology and having those type of advancements in the fascia, I think that's all expected. So it's just, you know, is the modernization, are you, are you losing the culture with the modernization or are you just adding, you know, some type of mm. efficiency fix or some, t- something to it that you don't necessarily lose the culture component. And for an example, like, right one of the things that I thought they did really well was logistics and organization. Fashtas that I've been to in the past, it's kind of like, I don't know if I would say a free for all, but it's kind of like, there's just like a big party going on somewhere, wherever Mm -hmm. the location is. And there's no real effort to care where people park or to corral people to the event. And this seemed logistically very organized. So like there was a Mm -hmm. very clear parking location, police details, everybody kind of organized and getting people in and out. The layout and the setup was all very organized. That was all awesome. And then they had a ticket machine, this like, woo, fancy high tech automated (laughs) ticket machine, which I thought was great. That's a great way to modernize it. You don't lose any culture or anything by doing that. That's that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, And I I thought it was a brilliant idea in terms of money making because I thought about it and I was like, you spend way more money using a ticket machine. Because you yeah, just you go in, you're like, all right, I'll put my 20 bucks, I'll get my 20 bucks worth of tickets. 
But then at the end of it, you're not going anywhere to exchange your leftover tickets back for money. Exactly. You're just handing them off to someone else or you're taking them home with you without spending them. So I was like, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Smart. And it's like, oh, it's a donation, right? I mean, you're, it's like a donation. It's a donation. Yeah. But yeah, I do think it's much more efficient. And as someone that worked it, I worked two of the days as a bartender. Um, it's much easier to use tickets and to count money all the time. So it's definitely way more efficient there too. And I think like the the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament, which I think is the biggest Portuguese feast in North America, um, which is in New Bedford, and it's by the Madaren immigrants, they have tickets. And I think we kind of got inspired by that and brought that to the Haitian feast. Yeah, so I thought that was great. Food and drink. I mean, they had all the traditional sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I think I had a bifana. I, I could I could have used the pepper on it. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was good. It was there. They have Cristorilla. It was good. Bacchiao sandwiches. Carnizada. Yeah, they have like the, the staples too. But they have pizza, for example, which is definitely interesting. I had the pizza on Monday, which I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. Two tickets really for a good. slice of cheese pizza. Part of me is like, I love like a shitty pizza when I come home. And it's kind of representative of our experiences, like Portuguese Americans as well, that like we incorporated that as well. I do think it's more, the sad part is it's where it was the bazaar. I don't know if we're going to like jump to the, the bazaar that's missing, but basically when um, Kelly and Melissa walked in, they were like, where are the billets to do like the, play the bazaar? And it's not there anymore. Um, and that's something that I feel like is an example of what's kind of getting lost lately is that we don't have that game anymore because that's something that when I went to with Pau, they had it there and I played it there and I'm like this is so cool like we're unwrapping the and for people that don't know basically they wrap little pieces of paper and it's kind of like a raffle you buy it like I forget how much you pay it's not a lot and you get like a bucket or like a handful of different little wrapped papers and you unwrap them and if you get the number you get something in the bazaar that like corresponds with that number I don't think it was maybe as profitable as the pizza stand obviously but especially some of the prizes could have been a bit like strains and there's a lot of ceramics sometimes like people donate <laughs> the stuff that you get there but when i went in portugal like my cousin won a bottle of port wine they were having like t-shirts from the festa there as well so like there's an, also an opportunity to put really cool prizes in that too and i feel like i grew up with that every year we'd go and roll the papers and seeing the papers on the floor like on the floor on the ground um they're not there anymore it's kind of sad that is one of the quintessential pieces of a fascia to me is having the bazaar. The bazaar is it. That's the moment, you know, like you said, the having those little square papers all over the ground. You got to sweep mm-hmm. them up afterwards. So I understand it's kind of <laughs> it's an issue. It's for, and to for, roll them all up too, it takes a lot of time. But they have machines for I think in Portugal, they have machines that do it. Do oh, they? There's innovation. <laughs> Right. So that would be a way to modernize it without losing the culture. If you had a a machine do it. I know my, um, my dad's village, when we were there last year, one of my cousins was, she couldn't come and meet me because she was rolling the village for the fish. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure, I'm sure it's quite a commitment, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Like that was as a kid, the joy of going up there and there were almost no kid friendly items to be won at the (laughs) No, at the bazaar, but like the excitement still that you had for like, oh my god, I got a winning number, and then mm-hmm. the going up to the thing and figuring out you're looking at all the stuff and you're like, oh, I hope it's this or I hope it's that, and then they come and bring out like brand new rosary beads, and you're like, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> add it to the collection. <laughs> and as a parent, that keeps your kid entertained at the feast because mm-hmm. you're so excited to like unroll them. 
but even we did it i mean as an adult i did it yeah oh you see that's <laughs> right it's just like part of the it's like the, the acts that you have to go through during a piece you get your bs you get your banana yes like you do. so i was super bummed about that and of course there are other games that are tied to a fashta mm-hmm. like i think we talked about the one with the the goldfish in the yeah in the, the ball. goldfish with the with ping pong ball trying to get it in i did that yes. every every time every year when i was younger the fish died always after soon after but it was still <laughs> right <fun. laughs> same i always brought the fish home but they never lasted <laughs> and so i guess with something like that i mean i have no need or want or desire for a fish but you could find some other way to kind of recreate that game in a different way or mm. something like that with prizes or something but there were no games. There, all the games were missing, with the exception of like a a roulette wheel kind of thing, where yeah. you almost like a gambling, mm-hmm. where you kind of put your money on red or black or a number, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're all different numbers, and they have like a plastic thing that goes over it. You put the dollar bill on it. They roll the wheel and or spin the wheel, and then you and if it lands on you, you win some money. That they've I- always had that, and that's fun too, but not for kids. Yeah, <laughs> for adults. <laughs> <laughs> for adults. <laughs> The there was another game that I was mentioning to the two of you, and I think you sort of recalled it was almost like a pegboard, and you would take a a little peg, um, metal peg thing, and you would punch these little holes out of this pegboard. Mm-hmm. These little tiny papers would fall out when you punched the hole, and you would punch wherever you wanted any hole that wasn't already punched, and they were folded up like a tiny little accordion, and mm-hmm. you would open them up and they would have like a random number on it. And I think I can't remember exactly how it worked, but they had this like prize book with like cross reference to the numbers and you would see if you had a winning number or not. And there were big prizes in that game. Like you'd have like big bicycles and like just lots of cool Mm -hmm. stuff. And I remember that being a really cool game at at the feast that I used to go to as a kid. Mm -hmm. So just games missing. I I feel like we lost the games. And I feel like it's such a big like family event that like when I was younger, the festa for me was like hanging out with my cousins and running around and playing the games and eating the food. And then as an adult, obviously it's a bit different because you're drinking <laughs> and there's music and you're dancing and catching up with friends. So it's very, I feel like was very family friendly, but I feel like now like they don't have much for the kids as much as they used to. So I think like that loses it's what's the most important part of it is the family aspect. I think and we don't have that anymore demographics i would say when i was looking around it definitely felt like there was and again this was on sunday i was only there for yeah an hour or so in the afternoon so mm-hmm. it, this isn't true to how it was for the entire weekend and i you guys can speak to that for the other days that you were there but when i was there it was very much a 60 plus crowd <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. maybe some children running around but like not a lot of representation from our generation no we were kind of missing. And I don't know if that changed. I know you guys said it felt more like there was more Portuguese attendance in the other on times. Monday. Yeah. On, on Monday, Monday, I felt it was like definitely Portuguese. I was like, oh, here we are. I'm like, this is the Portuguese fashion we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and even on Sunday night, they had a band called Hardwire, who I'm obsessed with now. They're like this Portuguese American <laughs> band. And like, they killed it. I think they really represented like, they brought in a really good crowd. They brought in, they played a lot of Portuguese music. They even played like country music and rock music all together. And I feel like that really was excellent because that really captures like the whole demographic. I think we, we all want to hear some, you know, some rock, but we also want to hear like the Portuguese hits that we've heard all the time. 
growing up. So I feel like that brought in a really cool crowd of people too. I think everyone was really hungover from Saturday night <laughs> um, and they didn't come till later. So. Was that the same band that was singing Blink-182 during the day on Sunday? No, that was a different band. That was a different was band? A different, oh. Yeah, <laughs> a different band. So I definitely see like the bands they've chosen have a, a local following as well, which makes sense. I think you want to bring in people that maybe don't know the festa, and but it'd be cool if those people that didn't know the festa also could get a taste of what it actually is and what okay. how it represents our culture. Right. So I've gone to other cultures festas before. Like I went to a, a Greek festival or Greek festa kind of thing mm-hmm. here in New Hampshire with a friend of mine who was Greek, and I just really wanted to go and appreciate what is a Greek festa like, right? Mm-hmm. And if I had gone there and it had like no elements of Greek culture, I'd be like, well, what are we doing here? Like, this just looks like an American, you know, farmer's market or something. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I think people go, even if they're not part of the culture, they go to these things to kind of explore another culture, get immersed in another culture, eat their cuisine, listen to their music. That's at least why mm-hmm. I would go to another culture's feast. So let the feast represent the culture, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I agree. We saw, I know I just mentioned it, but we saw like Blink 182 being played and we were like, what is going on? We didn't hear a single, a single Portuguese song while we were there in that afternoon on Sunday. And maybe they were just playing the crowd because I think at that point there weren't very mm-hmm. many Portuguese folks in the crowd. But, but like um, one memory, like a core memory I have is like whenever they played, like had intermission with the music, like with the band, they'd always play like Musica Pimba. They play like the Kimbajerush and all that stuff. That that's how I know that music. So that's why even when I went to Portugal, I was like, "Oh my god, they play the same music." And this year, like they didn't. They play like more American music, except when um yeah on Sunday night when they had the Portuguese American band um Hardwire come, they played more like they played Kimbajerush, and I was like translating it for my cousins, and it's like very inappropriate. And that could be a whole other <laughs> podcast episode about this man who is an icon. Uh, very inappropriate music that you know all the Tia Maria they're dancing to like as if it were nothing and it's very sexual music but like that's the funny part about it I think right. it's like, and I was so excited and I was like talking to my parents that night like this is what I wanted you know I wanted the team but we got it so I think like that element could be like reinforced a bit more so exactly. the Portuguese music was there it was just there on Sunday night and mm-hmm. we just missed it one even day on- out of three yeah, so even on Monday, they didn't have uh, Portuguese music playing either, but they also had an auction that mm-hmm. went on for a while. <laughs> yes, with my family helps run. Yes. <laughs> yes. You it's probably heard my last name a lot. <laughs> it was his whole family, like pretty much his whole family the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are um, the modern day, modern day auction items? What are they auctioning off now? Because as a kid, they would auction off rabbits that my family would then eat after they told me it was a pet. So like, what are they auctioning in today's day and age? Yeah, we don't do that now. <laughs> <We'll go laughs> yeah. uh, um, my family donates a lot of seafood to the event, so lobsters and, and scallops and stuff like that. Um, but they also auction off, I mean, random things. We saw the Galo de Barcelos getting auctioned off, like a, which I knew who painted it, but it actually was really pretty, like a big like sign that we thought about getting for you guys for the podcast. I think yeah. so. I think it was like three hundred dollars. I was like, yeah, no, that's not in the budget. No, but a lot of alcohol. So like, yeah, they have. A, I know some. They know someone, or we know someone that makes moonshine. There's Portuguese moonshine, but they have they kind of modernize that a little bit too with different flavors. Very good, like apple pie, and like they had a Starburst one. Very good, very strong. But like a Vino de Porto, they had shots. Uh, Madeira I think. wine, they had 
shots. They also do um, sweet bread, so masa cevada, and watermelon, which actually comes from Agua de Pau, which I never knew. Growing up, we always had it separately, and it would auction off the sweet bread and the watermelon. They say, cut it up for the kids, like that's the famous line. So everyone goes, cut it up for the kids, and we all would eat it. But in Agua de Pau, I went once with a, a friend that actually knows Kelly's mom very well. Um, he invited me to his house, and they were eating it together. And that was a game changer. So definitely try watermelon with the masa That's very good. When but, you say eating it together, do you mean like, okay, like one hand has masa and the other hand has watermelon? You take a bite of each? Or are you yeah. actually like putting them in your mouth both, at the same time? Both ways. <laughs> Do you guys ever do like the hoosh deuce with the masa too? Like you put the hoosh deuce on top of the masa and you take a bite? Oh, that's a good big thing. Well, I guess in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, you put a little bit of hoosh, like a hoosh deuce on your masa. (laughs) Maybe that stems from the watermelon with my mom. And she was like, let me Mm -hmm. add a hoosh deuce to the mix. Could be. But yeah, that's what the items like typically. And all of it's donated and all of it goes to the, the club or the association. And they give a lot back to the community. They have scholarships for Portuguese Americans who uh, are going to university or college. So like it's for a good cause. And like, I think people, like I, they, people, including like family members that I know, like they um, spent like a thousand dollars on a bottle of moonshine, for example, but it all goes to a cause. Wow. And they donate all of them in memory of, so like there's always a memory of my grandparents and my great grandparents and memory of this person and that person that, were members of the the club who had passed so it is very symbolic i think and the auction does go for a good cause and it's a lot of fun because people get really crazy the record this year moonshine was fifty eight hundred dollars i think fifty eight hundred yep wow so they're definitely making money (laughs) so it sounds like the auction held to its cultural roots it sounds like there was a lot of things there that were very traditional minus the live animals right yeah a live lobster <laughs> that counts. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but no goats, no goats. No, that's good. No rabbits. <laughs> and no cows. I, Our fashion always likes to auction some cows. Wasn't there always like some tie that like whatever you know, like if a cow got auctioned, it was like the one to be used for like cutting up the meat or something at the next fashion. So, yeah. Something to that effect. Some... I don't know how it all worked, but it was. It all stayed in the family. It wasn't like someone was taking that cow and then going and like using it for their own benefit. No. <laughs> yeah. It was all being returned back to the the group in some way, shape, or form. I always loved the the auctions. There was always the same guy at my church feast that did the auction, and he just had like the best accent and like just the way he would do it was just the oh, I got one dollar, one dollar who give me two. <laughs> I got one dollar, one dollar who yeah. give me two. <laughs> I, I cracked a joke. That. I cracked a joke with Kyler that uh, the main guy that was doing the auction. I'm like, oh, that's Melissa. And then he had to take a break. And I think it was like my your uncle. uncle. Mm-hmm. He was doing it. I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he was just like funny about it. It just kind of like, I'm like, oh, that's me in the podcast. It <laughs> 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 wasn't like the professional. It. Yeah. So your whole, Kyler, you said like your whole family's involved in this fashion. You guys like at one point we were there visiting with you at the fashta and then you're like oh hold on my uncle needs to take a break from the the, the alcohol booth you need to i need to go run the bar booth for a exactly. few minutes so you guys mm-hmm. are just tapping in like all your family members there that's a pretty cool experience to, to be is. so involved it's, yeah like my uncle's always in the auction so it's always like a highlight to hear him up there doing the auction 
And and my cousin, yeah, my uncle does the drink booth, like him and his family. So my cousins and I joined in this year. Like I've done it in the past a little bit, but this time I was like really working it. Um, but it's just like, yeah, my family has been involved, and it's like the family that they grew up with in North Haven are still doing it. So it's cool to see like how like they've all maintained those friendships and like the relationships they've had over the years as well. So one of the things we did do while we were there, we got some malasadas because that's like a must. You cannot leave the feast without getting your malasadas. Mm-hmm. And we went over to that booth and I thought it was super cute. Very on <laughs> nice touch. They had this giant like bin out front, like or a little like a uh, container, if you will, with like a Sharpie written on it that said like tips for Jesus. <laughs> 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 on their yeah, all the tips are for it's for the charity, obviously. So. For Jesus. <laughs> for Jesus, exactly. <laughs> for so Jesus. I just, I thought that was very cute. Unless you're going to tell me that there was just a guy named Jesus in the back that was making <laughs> no, the no. I think at the, I think at the same placa, they had the, um, like, tips for Our Lady, too. So they did it for um, like a little creative true. way. But it's tips for the club. It was cute. <laughs> it was very on brand. I loved it. And then... Mm-hmm. I was very tired. So I said, my last thing I'm going to do here at this fashion before I leave is I'm, I'm gonna, just going to grab a coffee. And they had like a little coffee area right next to the Melisades. And I said, perfect. Went up to it. Uh, a group of children running the coffee booth. <laughs> I was like, this is super cute. How awesome. <laughs> you know, like if I were a kid getting to run a booth at the fashion would have been a highlight for me. Right. Like that's super cool for kids at that so age. So fun. Yeah. And so I give them my little ticket and I say, I'll take a coffee. And we're kind of all standing around. We're we're talking, and then in my peripherals, I catch the coffee just overflowing out of the coffee dispenser, out over the top of the cup. I, there's three children around trying to handle it. They're all burning themselves <laughs> as they mm-hmm. try to address the coffee overflow, and we just died. We it was like a hot mess. It was like a stuck end. So obviously, it's hot. You gotta, like, <laughs> and I don't think like any adults came to help them either. No, not a single adult. And there were <laughs> definitely adults in the vicinity that mm-hmm. may or may not have seen what was going on. But these poor children. But they, you know, you gotta hand it to them because they handled it. It took a minute. <laughs> yeah, very professionally. They cleaned up. I think one of the older kids told the other girl, go rinse your hands under cold water because she was like, all burnt from the coffee. On her. Yep. And uh, they they just, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they got rid of some of the coffee in the cup, but the cup they gave me was definitely still the overflow cup. They just stuck it in another cup <laughs> and maybe they drank a little off the top to, <laughs> to get the layer, the level down a little bit, but. It worked. It worked. I just thought it was it was super cute because like that's such a a Festa vibe too. like having the kids Mm -hmm. work the booths Mm -hmm. and walking away, though. We heard one of the must have been one of the older girls telling the girl that was in charge of the coffee. You're not doing coffee anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So this girl got demoted, weren't they? Burnt and demoted. (laughs) She's out. (laughs) Oh, I that was that was super cute. They had a couple of uh, tents where they were like selling stuffed animals, kind of kid trinkets and toys, yeah. right? And that to me was very reminiscent of Kelly. What you saw when you went to you went to a that what is it called the Budulit parade? Yeah, yep, yeah, for the Kennedy Park feast in Fall River. 
and they do like a shopping carriage. Like yeah. they have the guys that go around with the the processions with the shopping carriage with all the stuffed animals mm. and the balloons and everything tied like to on them. A stick. <laughs> yes, that was like. <laughs> Like when I saw that picture of them wheeling that shopping carriage down the street, that was so nostalgic to me. It was like an unlocked memory. I'm like, oh, the guys with the carriage and all the toys. And that's that's a lot of work and freaking effort to lug that thing around for hours mm. on end. In the heat. <laughs> yeah. And they've uh, always had that. I think like the stuffed animals and like the game, the toys and stuff like that. Yeah. This year it was big with the cowboy hats with lights on it. That was an interesting look. That was like the big oh. hot seller. That's all you saw around the festival was like little kids wearing these like cowboy hats with like a little LED light action going on. I did see a little girl wearing that and I didn't realize it was like a that fashion. That was a big hit. <laughs> I never I seen that before realize... this year debuted. <laughs> so that, was the, that was the hot merch this year. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then there was like some other booths kind of set up near there. Like there was a, a maple syrup booth. If you just get yeah, your, por- your Portuguese maple syrup. <laughs> now and then do that one. That one's a bit like, like why do we have this? I mean, I haven't tried it. I'm not going to shave the, the syrup yeah. brand or, you know, the, the tent itself. But it was just a bit like, I don't understand why that's here. It it felt a little bit out of place. Like, I think the idea is phenomenal of having it be like, yeah, you can set up booths and have maybe like Portuguese vendors or Mm -hmm. whatever come in. Local vendors, Portuguese vendors, that kind of thing. So you can have get them a place to showcase their stuff, because I know there's no shortage of of those vendors around locally. So that would have been cool. But maple syrup is good, too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's. It it was a good idea. They just needed to maybe add a few other vendors, maybe. So like mm-hmm. that four one wouldn't be so out of place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so guys, any other thoughts on the Fashta or Kelly? Even if you did you go to the Holy Ghost one or just the procession? I the, just went to the procession. The Park. So unlike you guys, <laughs> I live nearby and I don't do the fashion. <laughs> <laughs> But I was, I'm going to do, I I wanted to do the bootlet for my mom and it was actually a really nice experience. I think it was two and a half hours long. Oh, damn. And it was in the heat. I have a couple of videos I need to post. I actually have a lot of videos to post from it and they just pass out Masa. I don't know if Kyla, if you've been no, to the bootlet, uh, they pass out Masa, br- um, bread, skitch. Uh, uh, coffee, milk, while you're just like in the procession going on and these people are oh, just fine. passing this out to you to eat. So you eat like a full meal, like Sharice, you eat like a full breakfast because you get there at like nine. So you eat like a full breakfast and lunch from just this one procession. <laughs> is this the weekend before Labor Day? Yes, this is uh, oh. Kennedy Park. Is, I think is always the, it's always the last weekend in August, I think. Okay, yeah, so it was on... Um, yeah, <laughs> like, crash that much free food. I'll go again to the <laughs> It was kind of cool. It it was long. It's definitely it's definitely a long procession, but you get fed while you're like in like while you're waiting. Can't go wrong. And it it, it just like you- showcased a lot of things that were. I don't know the I don't know the idea of this booth, but like I don't know what the premise of it is. I maybe we should know that, but I I don't know what it is. But they showcase a lot of things that our parents did as kids also while they were like in the azores like there's mm. there was like one little 
area where it was like the games that the kids that they used to play back then. And it's it was I, I showed you the video. It looked like it was like a, a metal wheel rim. And they like play mm-hmm. they played with that. I don't know exactly what it's called. We couldn't you couldn't get the name of it. And there was like another thing that looked like um like a top. It was like that. And so it was just it just showcased like different things I our parents went through, I guess. I don't I don't know the I don't know the premise of the um the procession, but it was awesome because you got fed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I get about. I was like, this is great. Important. So much masa. So it seems like it's very nostalgic for them then. Like it's kind of like a yeah just reminiscent like, of their childhood different floats had um another float was uh how they used to wash clothes back then so like they had like clothes hanging mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of some other ones that they oh like how they made like their wine one float was like like men making wine back then so, so that that sounds just like the the procession that happened in my dad's village that i had on a, a previous episode where it was kind yeah. of like each truck was a float and it was like a whole scene designed to some historical way of life that they right. all remember being and a part like of a- that's cool they had like the animals like cat- uh, they didn't have any cows they had goats goats horses and then the funniest part of the whole entire thing <laughs> is the portuguese guys that are driving the trucks with the float that's behind them drinking a bud light as they drive <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it's Tradition. a little bit of a it's a little bit of a DUI, but I get it. You're going like two miles per hour. <laughs> Religious exemption. Yeah. <laughs> Religious exemption. You get a pass. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reflection, I think, on kind of why I come back every year for this. And I think a lot of it comes like I think different words that come to my mind are like community, I think. Like what this represents for the community I grew up in. And I feel like a lot of I was like carrying a statue, right? It's so heavy and so hot. And it's kind of like, why am I doing this? And it was very symbolic of like how we all kind of in this community have kind of suffered in a way or like struggled, but we all have worked together to move forward. Um, And I think that's something that like has been passed on throughout our generation. But I think it has been kind of like, that was important for me to see. But I also think that I keep coming back. It's something that I think we all agree on is this like how it's so important to the community, but also something that we need to keep pushing forward at our generation because of this kind of fear that we're going to lose our culture here. I feel like the Portuguese culture in America has persisted for a long time, but there's always that fear that it might go away. And I feel like if there's not people like us that come back and you know go to these events and help work these events, then it might disappear. And that would be such a shame. But I think it's kind of a final thought. And I think Kelly and I talked about that a little bit too. And when she was there mm-hmm. Monday for, I'm just going to stay for the procession. She was there for a long time <laughs> with me. <laughs> but something yep. that like, we reminisced on a how important it is for our community and i hope that we don't i hope i want to be able to participate somehow hopefully i can like help with the portuguese american relations to some extent from abroad but i think it's something that we need to keep continuing to do because it represents so much for our community i i love that and it's exactly Mm -hmm. that because it we personally at our generation level may not have had that same suffering or need for that community initially that Mm -hmm. our ancestors had you know our parents grandparents Mm -hmm. whatever it is um they needed that they came here and they needed that sense of community to make themselves feel like they belonged and yes and so for us it's not our whole life it's not our whole picture because we have the american side and the portuguese side but not letting it get lost and 
it's going to die with us if we don't pass it on. So we are kind of that middleman position right now where we've got to figure out how to get it to from from where it is now to the younger generations. And it's going to look even more different for them than it did for us as kids. But we'll do what we can to keep it traditional and and keep that culture alive. Right. I always say that Fall River is going to look different in like 10 to 20 years from now. Like Fall River is such a big Portuguese community at the moment. And it has been for a long time. But I'm like, what is it going to look like like 10, 20 years from now? Is it still going to be the big Portuguese community? (laughs) I know. Like it's only me. You got to hold it down for us over there. Yep. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I have free time, so I can. It, I mean, that's that's a true point, too, though, because people used to stay all within very close proximity to each other, mm-hmm. families and whatnot. And nowadays, people up and move out to all yeah. different locations and everybody's very spread out. And it's more difficult to do these types of things that involve your local community if they're all spread out everywhere. Exactly. Right. So. Well, thank you, guys. This was great. Thank you, Kyler, for joining us. You'll be hearing about him, I'm sure, in our future episodes. Exactly. Touch base with our Lisbon correspondent. Always here to help. We always we always bring you up. And I'm sure there'll be like an episode or something when you're out in Lisbon. You guys are planning to meet. This is true. This is true. So in a couple months out, I'll be in Lisbon. I'll have to have my family join up with Kyler. We'll have a little Lisbon correspondent dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully maybe one time we'll go to the Festa in the Azor and do a live, a live correspondence from there. Yes. Live stream. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I I owe my mom an Azor's trip, so I told her I would go with her. Our show is now going to be also streamed on a Portuguese American online radio station called Pama Pama. P-A-M-A, Portuguese American radio station. Oh. And it's go- so it's going to replay some of our episodes. So anybody who's listening to it on that radio station as a new listener, you're more than welcome to follow our show, subscribe to it, follow our Instagram at underscore it's called culture. Um, so that way you can follow along with us as well. Yay, we're so excited. Yeah, by the bench. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.